Eyes on Oahu, I'm Sarah Doyle, this is Tove Language, uh, and this is episode eight, Living with Art. Hi Tove. Hi Sarah. So Tove Language owns TW Fine Art, we're here in Brisbane, Australia, a little bit further away from Oahu, but culturally there's a lot of similarities, and art is universal. So I just wanted to talk to Tove today about bringing art into your space, how that reflects you as a person, how, that, how you can embrace your own taste. If you're not feeling confident, I know the arts can be an intimidating it realm for be. a lot of people. Yeah. So I guess we'll just start with the history. Why, why are we here? How is TW Fine Art? How, how does it exist? How did we come to be? <laughs> yes. Well... Uh, I, I moved back from New York seven years ago, mm-hmm. and when I came back, I thought Brisbane didn't really have a lot of contemporary art galleries, mm-hmm. uh, particularly with an international focus, so I thought it was a good opportunity to, to start and see what it was like, and so we started quite small, I guess, to start with, um, and then, you know, over the last seven years, the gallery's grown, and this is our most recent location, so mm-hmm. uh, we took up a big loft space in Newstead, uh, and... This is now where we're at. So we have a roster of international artists and Australian artists, and we're trying to create a global dialogue more so mm-hmm. uh, than something that's quite regional. Mm-hmm. So two things I want to uh, do a shout-out to one of your artists, um, Chris Truman, who provided us with the art for um, the logo, Eyes on Oahu. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> um, but also, I've known Tove for a long time, full disclosure, um, and I remember when you, were, when you were in the concept stage for this, and really it was... I mean, you, you sell some of these pieces. What, what's your highest price that you've gone? $35,000, I think, is the, the highest price painting we've ever sold. Right. Um, you know, which is a, a significant price point, I think. You know, in America, you, you definitely are dealing sometimes with, with much higher value objects. Uh, so coming from New York, $35,000... It's not a huge amount of money. I mean, it's all relative, I mm-hmm. guess. But um, you know, you're dealing with historically significant pieces mm-hmm. in a lot of those cases. So, you know, you're up around the million-dollar price bracket. But you know, I think the the price point of what we what we have is is designed to be accessible for people. Right. Um, and that's what I was going to flag in your concept stage. You were talking about doing really, really high-quality prints of original works, which can sometimes. Um, piss some people off the idea of, of, of a print of they something? Weren't, they weren't so Is much prints of original paintings. Okay. I, I have a bit of an issue with that myself because I think that, you know, we live in a, in a digital age, so the tools of drawing, the tools of making artwork has changed a lot. Uh, so there's an opportunity, I think, at the moment to not make, say, traditional screen prints or lithographs. Uh, which are always the kind of traditional printmaking mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can literally draw on an iPad. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can create a work, scan it into a computer program, digitally augment the piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the print portfolio that we actually have, I would say the prints are unique items. You know, they're, they're like a lithograph in the sense that they only exist in print form. Really? If that makes sense. So they're not... So, okay, because, they, yeah, I was, I was... Yeah, going back to this idea of accessibility of art. So you... But what you have in your catalogue as prints are not prints of the original artworks that no, you hold. 
Okay, no. they're completely separate catalogs. They're always okay. They're always altered in some way. Mm -hmm. So there might be an original artwork that gets scanned in, like mm -hmm. I said, but then the colours will be changed. Mm -hmm. They might be made into negative form and then drawn back into. Uh, ah. So what, the whole purpose of that portfolio was really... No, we all have access to the internet. We all want nice things, I yeah. guess. Um, yeah. And we also want to personalize our spaces. Yes, 100%. Um, so if you can... Uh, our prints are in editions of 50. Yeah, okay. Uh, so basically, you're, you're buying an authentic piece in an edition of 50, uh, but at the price of, say, a poster. Wow. Um, and, you, and, and so it's an, an edition of 50. And are you approving those, or is that just completely up to... Uh, your artists have autonomy over together with the artists we decide on what right. we want to Which allocate ones? as okay. a print but i was going to say too like the advantage of those prints is in the digital form mm -hmm. if you've got a lithograph it's one size mm -hmm. you know whereas these are digital so we offer them in four different sizes wow, i guess okay. but you can customize it you know you can make a print say as big as as big as the painting over I, there if you wanted to yeah i just want to show people maybe not quite that big, but what <laughs> that big. Yeah. well it's just nice to see Get the sense of, of, of place here. Who's the artist that we can see at the moment? Uh, Fran O'Neill is, is the artist. So Fran is Where are from, they from? Fran is from Melbourne, okay. uh, but she has lived in New York for a long time. So okay. uh, right. she lives and works in New York, but she also has a studio in, in Australia as well. And you have a lot of Californian artists as well, yeah? Californian, New Yorkers. They're really from all over the place. Okay, uh, okay. So let's let's bring this back to sort of my running theme of real estate through a cultural lens. You, uh, okay, for the people who are looking at staging their house or the real estate agents who are looking to stage a house, um, what 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 do you you've done? You've had some experience with that. What what do you try to do with the space with art? I mean, I think we're all aesthetic creatures you know we all respond to spaces that look good mm. uh, so I think when you're selling anything particularly a house as a customer you want to walk into the space and you want it to appeal to you right so how do you make it appeal to you you know you you choose things you lay them out in, in ways that are appealing to people and in some way I guess aspirational aspirational yeah. so but that's and that's an interesting um, intersection where subjectivity and and trend you know um, come into play there where maybe if you saw that you like you wouldn't think that's beautiful but you would think it's sophisticated I don't know but what like you know what do you have to say about well I guess uh, I think there's specialists in every field mm -hmm. if I need to if I have a health problem I go to a doctor because mm -hmm. they're a specialist you know and I think if you are walking into a house you go to a designer, you know, right. who's going to say, this is how we should lay it out, this is how we optimise space. Mm -hmm. um, and so part of, I think, when we're staging a property, we work very closely, or even if we're, you know, designing a property where the work is sold and, and being um, installed into the house, mm -hmm. you know, we work with the designer to figure out layout, proportion. Uh, you know, I always think we read spaces same way we almost read a two-dimensional image. Mm -hmm. Needs punctuation points, mm -hmm. the space needs to flow, we need to feel comfortable in it. Um, so a big part of what we do is, is positioning work that appeals to the client, first mm -hmm. of all, uh, but then also works with the space. And so what about, I mean, if you think of uh, contemporary art um, in, in all its movements, what, what like, why... Um, 
Why is abstract art seen as something desirable and why has it been like that for a long time? Like you're not going to, for example, I'm not going to see, what am I going to, what, what am I going to expect to see when I walk into a sophisticated house oh, in gosh. terms of the art on the wall? Like it's not going to be Renaissance pieces. It could be. It could be? It could be, okay. absolutely. But I think, you know, we're, we're modern creatures, right. you know, I think... It's not like you have a phone from 19, you know, 1990. No. You know, you've got a phone that provides the tools for the modern world. Right. Um, and I think it's lovely to have historical objects around you. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing wrong with having a painting from the, the Renaissance in your house. But, you know, I want paintings that speak to me about today. Right. You know, I want to... I always think art is almost, you know, a, a reflection of, of you in the most ways. Even if you're mm-hmm. looking at a portrait, you'll always relate to it on your from your perspective mm-hmm. um, so I think when you have an abstract painting mm-hmm. then it, the relationship is even more personal because there's no anchor for you mm-hmm. there's no subject matter that makes you think about it in a particular way okay. it's very much to do with rhythm form scale uh, surface mm-hmm. and all those things make you feel something each of those elements will remind you about something in your life you know mm-hmm. as, Thinking about this the other day, like we, I saw a, a painting with a collector in, in New York, and it was just these little dots and these like very kind of um, gestural lines around it. And mm-hmm. he, you know, he liked the painting when we saw it. And then he was at home a week later, and he saw this butterfly flying around the garden. He was like, "Oh, Tom, you know, there was a yellow butterfly, and the way it moved, you know, I could see that that piece." And so he. Wow. He saw each yellow dot in that piece as a point where the butterfly was and all the lines around it, mm-hmm. you know, the pattern of its movement, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think we all can draw connections. It's just really about being open yeah. to drawing the connections and not being afraid that what you say might is, be wrong. Is wrong, exactly. Because I think, you know, the way we were taught um, in school that there is a specific way to interpret things and there's a right or wrong way or, or there's a... 10 out of 10, there's a 2 out of 10. So <laughs> yeah. um, um, what, like, what can you speak to in terms of that intimidation? How, I mean, are there, what are the practical ways that, say, your everyday person who didn't study art, how, how can they just learn to respond intuitively to art? Just if, you know, if they decide they've, they've, they've bought a new house or they want to redo the house that they have, what, what's a way to refresh and, and, and connect with their own taste in art? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you've always got to have... A starting point, um, and a lot of our customers, you know, I think that's a, a, an important part of, of the way we work. Is I don't expect anybody to come in here and feel like they have to know everything, you know, right. or even to feel like they should, because mm. you know, let's face it, art is a luxury. Yes, you know? it is, and it's a language, um, and it's. I think it's like reading. You know, mm-hmm. the, the more you read, the larger your vocabulary is. The mm-hmm. more you know, you kind of acquire information and the same thing with painting same thing go with out art. go to some museums go to some art galleries yeah just go and go and look that's yeah. the first starting point yeah and i think also you know as, as the gallerist or as a curator we have a responsibility to kind of ask you what you think and, yeah okay and just draw any information out of you and i think it, it comes with confidence so right. once you have confidence i remember in my first boss you know he'd ask me stuff and i was terrified of having an opinion yeah. when I was at school because I, I thought I was wrong or right. he would judge me. But 
he didn't suffer fools, but at the same time, mm. as long as you kind of, you know, really thought about what you were saying, and mm. I think that's, you've just got to think and draw connections and, right. and speak candidly. And it can I be guess. quite a personal, as you said, a personal reflective experience that can last. Yeah, and, it's completely and personal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and everybody will see things differently. But I think you always will have a relationship to, to an object or, you know, to work. Um, are you, what are you finding um, with your clients who come through? What, what, what are you learning people like that surprise you? Or? Uh, I think what I'm learning, the thing that I've learned most or have observed most is um, just the way art has, or visual art is, is kind of infiltrating mass culture a little bit more than it ever has in the past. Right. Um, I think just through Instagram, through more availability of images, mm-hmm. people just, without even thinking about it, get mm-hmm. to have more access to it, I guess. And, right. and in the process of that, I find that there are more people looking for art. Yeah, More okay. people want to have it around them. And it's, it's not like your typical collector. You yeah. know, of course, that they still exist. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a whole new range of, of people who are interested in having objects around them that are, you know, are creative. Right. And yeah. so, and then that's sort of diluting the elitism, do you think, that, I hope that so. has been pervasive in the art world, or at least... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's all, it all operates on different levels, you know, but even we just, we just spec a job for an office, you know, and... In an office, traditionally, there's not a lot of artwork around, but I think as industries are forced to become more creative... Are you seeing that more, that more corporate offices are demanding something? Yeah, because I think think people understand that thinking laterally and inspiring your staff in in places Mm -hmm. is actually really important. And that's an interesting point, thinking laterally. Um, I think abstract art, specifically abstract art, allows you to do that more than, say... Um, the portrait of Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah. Although, <laughs> well, I, yeah, I mean, you know, you, I, I, I don't know. I, I love abstract painting. Yeah. It's definitely, you know, the focus of the gallery. Yeah. Um, so in some ways, you know, that's kind of the agenda that I push. We right. do work with some figurative and you know landscape artists, yeah. but for the most part, I, I love the the raw honesty of an abstract painting. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we're we're really only getting a, a wedge because so do I. <laughs> so we're only getting a wedge of opinion because the people or a feedback loop there because the people people who are walking into this gallery also probably like it. Yeah. And if yeah. they don't, they're probably not going to walk in because you can see it from the window. <laughs> like, no, I don't like That's that. That's true. <laughs> Although, look, we have a we have a painting of birds in the front, but um, wait, a, is that? See, I I didn't. But it's an, it's you know it's it's not traditionally painted. It's it's really deconstructed. Yeah. Uh, it's by a Portuguese Portuguese painter. Um, yeah. So I think any kind of in, inventive way of using materials. Yes. Is is the most important thing for me. Right. Yeah. Um, and utilization of space, I guess, because you can find sculpt like sculptures can really lend yourself to to form. But, but you don't want to bump into it on the way to the toilet at night, say. <laughs> That's true. So, like, with that in mind, if someone is recreating their space, whether they've just bought a place or they're overhauling one they already have, do you tend to, because I know you consult with people on that level too, do you tend to say, choose your furniture first and then... <laughs> no. Or is it all... Yeah, okay. 
Um, I think your camera's tilted down a little bit. Oh, see, he's a perfectionist. <laughs> Where, how, how shall we have it, Tom? Just lift it up a little. There you go. Often when you're buying a house, you've already got a bit of furniture. Yeah. You know, you've already got some artwork that yeah. you're going to have to move across. Um, matching a painting to a couch or to a cushion is a very bad idea. You think so? Absolutely. Okay. There should be no connection there. Right. I agree colour palettes need to work together. Yeah. Uh, but I like a little bit of visual surprise. So uh-huh. to have a, a painting that maybe contrasts the colour of the couch wouldn't mm-hmm. be such a bad idea. Mm-hmm. You know, I think often too, there are a few common things that baffle me a little bit. You know, a lot of people will put the couch and then it has to be a landscape format painting above the couch. And okay. I, I, I don't think that's necessarily the best option. So whenever, you know, we'll always try and push those boundaries a little okay. bit. Okay. So for um, example, what's a different way to, to see that passive um, decision? Potentially moving the couch off the wall, right? Dropping a you know more floor to ceiling painting, you know that which you don't often see. It's, they call it the American hang, you know. And, uh, the American hang, the American floor hang. to ceiling, is it the American? Well, yeah, oh. like no, where elements of the painting are concealed, maybe by pieces of ah, furniture. Ah, interesting. Yeah, so you might be able to see it from a particular angle, mm-hmm. but from say front on, you don't necessarily see the whole thing. Right. And I lo- I love that kind yeah. of design. Um, and you know I think sometimes a, a big painting on a small wall is a, a solution to actually make the space look a lot bigger sure you well know. I was just at the Rose Seidler house um, in Sydney um, and he painted a full mural on, on his oh, they have like they, there was a deck and there was a and he was inspired by the murals in Brazil okay. and he, he painted a full abstract mural on, on the outside wall, and it's awesome. Yeah, there's no there's no real rules. I no. think you know, it's like painting. Why don't do you think that'll come into vogue? Like actually commissioning a painter to to make a, a custom work in a spot. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Should we pause? We should. Okay, <laughs> we've got some customers. All right, where were we? We were talking about scale and Yeah, a mural, commission. I mean, how much money would someone have to have to have one of your artists, say, commission a mural on, on a wall in their apartment or their oh house? Oh, gosh. Honestly, it's not something that we really do. Right. Um, Does anyone do that or is that just not some done? Some people do, yeah. yeah. I just, I think... I don't know if I personally find commissions kind of dicey territory. Really? Why is that? Well, just because I find that people always have an expectation of what they're going to get. Okay. Um, and the artists that we work with, that's, you're not maybe, you know, you have to really give the painter free reign of, of, of right. what they're doing for you. Yeah, you can't say, listen, I want it to be X. Sure. Um, so in, in cases, I guess, where we've done projects like that. Yeah. Um, you know, there's so maybe one revision of, yeah. of the work, um, and then the you know the person who's um, commissioned the work really is under the understanding that yeah. one alteration, and then it's kind of it is what it is. Right. Yeah. So you think a gender should be autonomous to the artist, essentially? Oh. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That's, that's the difference between an artist and a commercial artist. Yeah. A commercial artist has to deliver yeah. on a particular brief, mm-hmm. um, whereas a, a, an artist, in that sense, the whole point is kind of responding to each movement. Mm-hmm. You know, so each mark that you make, you mm-hmm. respond to that. And you, 
know, you build a painting over time, mm-hmm. um, and you, there's no brief. You mm-hmm. know, you, you're kind of arriving at an unknown destination, but you know when you've arrived. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I think it's interesting. You're talking, even touching on the language of of painting. Um, how how can that not not art itself, but how can education be more accessible, like uh, so that people can respond more deeply to to art how like how can how can people just access you're a writer Mm. so i think the the parallels are really um similar you read a lot you write and you can tell when a sentence is constructed well Mm. uh, as opposed to when one isn't Mm. You know, and I think the same applies for art. So you the think you most of it is intuition? You just go, oh, that's good. I don't know why it's good, but it's good. But there are formal elements to it as well. I don't think something can be good often without those formal elements. No, 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 no. no. But be, not being able to articulate those formal elements doesn't matter. You're, most no, people will just... You just under, it just appeals to you. Right. You know, I was talking with these paintings, actually, about Fran. So... She compares it to an athlete, right? Mm. So when she paints, she generally paints in particular formats. So there might be, say, five different formats that she'll use. When I talk formats, I mean scale ratios. Okay. So okay. 122 centimetres by 122, 153 by 153, for, for as an example. Okay. Um, and, you know, like a sprinter, they know they've got to run a 100-metre race and they will practice 100-metre over and over and over and over mm-hmm. until the point when they get to the... The race day, it's all about being in the zone. Right. And when they when that gun fires, they just run their best race you right. know, without really thinking about it. So with, with these paintings for mm. French, she's so mm. familiar with the way her body moves around these paintings. They're all painted with her with her arms and her hands. Really? There's no brush brushes involved. Uh, but you know, she's gotten to a point where she understands space mm-hmm. form the way shapes fit into the perimeter right. of the canvas. Uh, so now when she, when she goes to them, you know, she, and she might wash them off and, and redo them, uh, but it's essentially just an, an innate understanding of the format of the painting yeah. and a reliance on her intuition and her muscle memory yeah. to make a successful composition. See, but now that you've infused that artwork with a story, I care about it more. I'm like, wow. She made that with her arms and her elbows, and she practiced for a long time to make that perfect. Now, now that's that's more than just some squiggles that look good together. Yeah, you know. So how like is that? Is there a bridge between the way we're um, consuming on Instagram um, with 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 the art world in that regard? Where you know you have this space where something you know a small space to swipe and you're looking at an image and then you have this story below it that tells tells us about it and we care i think we're still kind of um a little bit uh i don't know we're learning how to use these new mediums to give an experience you would get in the flesh and i think um you know a lot of people when they look at something on instagram and they come into the gallery you know, the, the difference between it in reality versus a, a thumbnail yeah. is pretty huge. huge. You know, and a lot of people, Visceral. first of all, the, the sense of the tactility of the painting is missing mm-hmm. in a two-dimensional backlit screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you don't get the story of the work either. 
So when people come into the gallery, first of all, you, you can talk about the story, the way the work is created, mm-hmm. um, and then you also get a much better sense of, of what the work actually looks like. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, a, it's completely different, but I do think you know, the, the virtual experience is going to become more and more real. Really? Um, and then, you know, eventually I think those personal experiences in the gallery will mm-hmm. never be the same, but they may translate a little um, more readily to that kind like of Like holograph? Virtual tours, yes. work, walking through, sure. um, you know, surface yeah. videos of the work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you're actually, I don't know, you experience the work in, on a different yeah. level. Yeah. And that's the go-to, I guess, the way, the way you're going to expand your business will be to be able to have those stories available online so that people are immersed in them. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So you basically, trend, you know, you, you've almost become an, an avatar that exists yeah. elsewhere. But, yeah. you know, it still gives you the opportunity to really, you know, engage with people about, about the work. And internationally and simultaneously. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. So I want to talk also, just, I mean, I, this, these, these podcasts, I just keep going off, off the terrain, and that's, that's where it's fun for me, but where um, concept and aesthetic meet in contemporary art, um, there's always, I, I, look, I find it contentious, and a lot of people walk into a gallery, and, you know, what, what was the, the most recent thing? Um, was it in London or New York, or what was on the wall? Basel. Yeah, and what the, was for the sale? The banana. The banana. The duct taped. The duct taped banana. So that's a concept. That's not, that's that's not aesthetic skill, right? That's conceptual skill, or is I'd it say skill? a pretty clever publicity stunt, really. Okay. Yeah, I mean, conceptually, maybe it was. It certainly caused a lot of press, you know, for, right. for the gallery and for the artist. And do you think um, that was the point? I do. Yeah, I do think that that was the point, um, but. I've lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? Well, the... just like conceptual art, a lot of people have take issue with it because it, it it's sort of, you know you can see a, um, a canvas that's black and say, well, where's the skill, you know? But the, but the concept behind it may be years of turmoil and and struggle and and skill behind reaching to that point, which is just a little red dot or whatever. Yeah, I I think when you breaking something down which is art has always been broken down you know through its different elements and that's I guess how you arrive at, at abstraction yeah um, and then you know a logical extent of that is, is probably a conceptual breakdown of the work as well mm-hmm. um, and even questioning the meaning of what is art which is really yeah. you know I think concept is where that comes into yeah. it um, but I really think at the moment we you know we've I feel like we're almost moving away from that. Right. And I, I think that solid work these days mm-hmm. has to be conceptually sound also. Yeah. Um, but it, that's, not the, that's not the presiding that's, yeah. factor of, of the work. Okay. I still think, you know, the painting or the artwork has to be visually engaging. Yeah. And Otherwise, that falls into history for me. I don't, I, interesting. I don't look for that in the work anymore. Yeah. You know, I, I, like when we talk about Fran's work, yeah. you know, like you said, now that you understand that, the painting takes on a new meaning. Yeah. But I think the painting still exists without me. Yes, yes. Yeah. And do you, are you seeing that trend in New York, in London? Um, I, yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah, when I went to... When I went to 
university in New York, you know, was still very conceptual. Yeah. The painting was yeah. not in favour at all. Yeah. You know, uh, there were very few paintings in, in the degree. Mm. Uh, whereas now, and I noticed it even when I was in, in Bushwick, you know, the years afterwards, mm. I noticed this real return to to workmanship again and right. the handmade object. And that was mm. something at school too, you know, I, and particularly here still. They don't even get taught fundamental colour theory. They don't get taught really? how to use oil paints. No, there's not, nothing like that, which astounds me. Wow. Because um, I think that's where, it's, that's where it's at. And everybody that I know kind of sought that for themselves. Really? You know, they learnt how to do that uh, probably outside of university. Interesting. And I don't know whether or not the education system is changing again. But yeah. You know, all the artists that I work with, you know, they're, they're painters. You know, they love painting. They mm. love paint. Uh, and that's, I think, that's why I want to have a painting around me because I love looking at that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So um, I guess we'll, we'll start to wrap this up. But I guess returning to living with art when you know how does uh, you know where does someone start if they if they want to get rid of what they have on their walls where would you say is a good place for them to start i think you've just got to start looking you yeah. know go go to a gallery go yeah. to a gallery that you like um you know instagram is a really great starting point right. i think because uh, through there you can you can see work that you find interesting yeah and often the, the taste will change when you go into a space and yeah you, um, it, it definitely evolves, but I think use that as a starting point. Mm. Go and look at, at different works in different places, mm. and um, you know I think from there you'll you'll really start to understand what you like and mm-hmm. what you don't like. And taste is always changing, always yeah. evolving. So, and is um, it like buying clothes online, where sometimes you could just say someone fa- found something they loved in a gallery in Guatemala and they ordered the painting, it comes to them, but like Amazon, it's nothing like it looked online, well, that, or it's just they, they didn't have. How often does that happen? Or well, look, we've had people come into the gallery and say that they've bought things online before, and then when they've received them, you know, the, the painting is different colours, different size. Okay. Um, and we we avoid that because yeah. everything that we do is colour matched. Um, we look at it on a screen mm-hmm. versus in the flesh. Um, even for our prints, we have like this a very thorough process to make mm-hmm. sure that actually probably what you're looking at online is inferior quality. Interesting. It's only 72 DPI, you know, mm-hmm. they're small images. Um, but the colours are always the same. Uh, yeah, we've never had a problem with that. But, the, you know, we're not everybody. And, That's right. And so, we're, you know, I think our relationship with our customers is everything. Yes. Um, so, you know, we always want to present right by, by our collectors and what about digital rendering is that is that um, just a given in the industry like if someone was like look I want to buy this piece of art but I want to make sure it looks good in this in my bedroom a lot of people don't do that no, no. do I you mean, do, we it? do that you yeah. do it I mean we because that we would be the main it. thing right oh this doesn't it just doesn't work in the room you know yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so I mean often, you know, if we've got, like we had a customer come in the other day, they're building a, a store, um, they have digital renderings, which we could use, but those re- those renderings will change, you know, and they yeah. don't necessarily look exactly like it will once sure, it's been of course, completed. you know, uh, so our well, I guess you have to, to tell people that. Yeah, our advice is wait, yeah. you know, yeah. you've got six weeks, wait until it's finished, 
yeah. then we'll photograph it, then we can render play, you know, pieces into the space yeah. and actually show you what it looks like in yeah. the flesh. Uh, but they're local, so they can also sure. come into the gallery and look. Uh, but I do think to buying online, a lot of our artists yeah. work internationally. Yes. So say, for example, Jordan Kerwick, you could go see Geordie's show in Paris, you could go see it in New York, mm-hmm. and customers that live in New York that have gone and seen that I show, see. then they can jump onto our website. They know what the work feels like. I see. And then they can make a, a pretty solid decision, even just from looking at an image online. So the gallery as a space, you don't think it'll ever be obsolete? Like, you think that, that, that as you just said, what it feels like, you know? So do you think that, that ultimately... The space is always going to be important because someone needs to stand in front of it and have that experience of it. Yeah, I think bricks and mortar spaces will never go out of fashion. Yeah. And I think even to like to have confidence in the in the in the gallery or to have confidence in the shop, you know, you want to yeah. know that you can go in there and try something on. Yeah. Um, and even for us, you know, we we show, we have exhibitions every you know every six weeks mm-hmm. where we'll show the new work and you know that it's just a. It's a way of, of people experiencing the work in the flesh and mm-hmm. for the artist to actually show the work in person. Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't make a painting to put it online. Right, exactly. You know, that's that's a, a, a component yes. of the ubiquitous image yes. these days. But it's not it's not what art is about. It's about physicality. Right. <laughs> yeah. And are you, um, are the bulk of your clients, have they come into the gallery or...? Um, it's, yeah, it's funny. We have... Sometimes we'll have somebody walk in and they're like, oh, we're in Brisbane on business from the States and we wanted to come in. Or, yeah, we've seen you online and we want to see Or they'll be yeah. from Brisbane or they'll yeah. be up from Sydney or yeah. Melbourne. And yeah, okay. they, they do come in. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would be curious. A hundred percent. If I, yeah. if I, <laughs> if I uh, buy things from somewhere to stay, then I would, chances sure. are, I'd probably go into the store if I was in Make the Make sure it's legit too, right? Yeah. Well, that's one part. Yeah. But also to, you know, meet the person that sure. I've spoken to or... Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, okay, um, would you, what, what's a tip that you could give um, people who want to sort of look at their space outside the box? Like, what, what's some practical, if, you, if you've got some practical knowledge you could pass on about um, displaying art in their home in a different way? Um, gosh. I would think about it like punctuation points. Okay. So, you don't want to, you can, look, it can be, it can be busy, it cannot be busy. You know, it's, it's really just about kind of looking at a space and thinking about how your eye moves around the space mm-hmm. um, and where to put pieces that make the place feel dynamic. That okay. would be what my, my suggestion. You know, Interesting. There's no hard and fast rules. Right. So it's difficult to kind of say that. I mean, if you're thinking about the work, you can never put it in direct sunlight, you know, basic yeah. things like that okay, because yeah. you don't want the work to be damaged. Mm-hmm. Um, but every space is going to be different. Um, I, I would say if, if, if you're thinking about purchasing artwork, mm-hmm. go in, talk to the gallerist, yeah. show them photos of your space. If you're yeah. working with a designer, introduce them to the designer. Um, and let the professionals kind of do their yeah. job. Yeah. You know? if, I, if I'm a, a lawyer, I go to work and that's my expertise. Yeah. You know? But at the same time, I have a taste. So then it's, you know, it's a real process yeah. of everybody working together to create a solution for you. Right. So do your research, find out what you want, um, talk to professionals, go down the lovely rabbit hole of the internet and 
and just go through the whole process. Absolutely, yeah. Like a friend renovated a place in Brooklyn. She had like folders, you know, over years where she'd torn out images of sofas or uh-huh. a parquetry floor or wow. lights that she liked. And Just things she liked. Yeah, she didn't use an Her interior designer. I mean, she's real a, Pinterest. She's a creative person, mm. but over time she rationalised what she liked yeah. and what she didn't. Uh-huh. And she had a very clear vision of how she wanted her space to be yeah. in, in the end. Yeah. But it took time. It's like anything. You yeah. know, if you want to do a good job, you've got to research it and um, you know, invest some time in it. Yeah. All right, Tove, thank you. So um, where can people find you online? Uh, Mm TWFineArt.com is our website. Uh, Our handle on Instagram is TWFineArt. Basically... Yeah, that's that's that's, that's it. it. And f- and physically, oh, twenty two uh, Master Street. In, fi- in twenty two Master Street. Brilliant. Yeah. Great. Thank in you. Newstead. In Newstead. Yeah, Tove and Anissa sitting down the back there. <laughs> awesome. Thanks.